Hello, hello. This is Mr. Authentic 838, and we are back with another episode of the Unpacking Podcast. And today I got my guy Trouble with me. What's going on? Yo, yo. What's up? What's up? Man, good, good, good. I want everybody to keep Christopher Robbins in your prayers. That man is going through some things right now. Um, we're not going to disclose that unless he's comfortable talking about it. But, man, y'all just keep him in prayer right now, him and his family. Because your man going through some things and whatever. Um, Motown Game Soul Gamings. Keep him in your prayers, man. There's a lot going on with him and his family and stuff. So y'all keep him in prayers and his wife and things like that. And Trouble, we got a lot to talk about, man. Yes, we do, bro. Yes, we do. And um, today's topic is suicide. And I was... At first, I was going to be like, man, we could talk about black suicide, but we just really need to talk about it in general. Yep, as a whole. As a whole, right, 100%. Because I think people are insensitive to suicide. And when people are going through situations that... um, causes them to commit suicide and I think it's because maybe they don't understand you know the mindset at the time when they are going through what they're going through so you know me and Tro- me and Trouble are going to talk about it today because I've been there before and he has as well you know and you want to go first um. Well, let, let's 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 break down some some things about you know what we're about to talk about. Um, first and foremost, the black community um, is in dire need of assistance when it comes down to mental health. One hundred. Um, we we don't talk about black mental health enough. Um, but one of the one of the first things and talking about suicide comes from the fact of black depression and black anxiety you know right. yeah I know we're going to talk about everybody in, in the whole but let's 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 address this part first um, help for you know help for our mental health is not readily available for us and as far as people that's on um, state medical you know state medical or Medicaid and Medicare and stuff like that or whatever uh, veterans stuff like that that when it comes down to the black community it's not available you know um just like a, a walk-in situation where i could just walk in and i can tell somebody you know i'm not feeling well i need you know i need help you know and, and people are not ready to help us as fast as they are in, in any other culture so we have we have a big problem with that first and foremost right um, right 100%. the other thing what, what was about that? i said yeah definitely i and on that note even if a person is mentally going through a situation, for you to give that person some help, it's like pulling teeth. Because they may not, and the thing about when it comes to mental health and stuff like that, mentally they're not seeing they have a problem or they're seeing something wrong. So when you're trying to get that person help, the the system set up where they have to volunteer to give help for their self. But that's not that's not 
possible when they don't see anything wrong with what they are doing. You know? Now and that's, I'm, that's just... And, and, and in that case, that mm-hmm. is where you say that that is an insane person. You know, it's like, okay, a person that sees no wrong in what they do will continuously do what the fuck they do. They're not going to change because they don't see anything wrong with what they're doing. Right. But if they're doing something that's harming themselves or harming somebody else and they don't see it, then that means that they have a mental issue. So it should be something that should be addressed as far as, you know, our, our, our medical field and stuff like that needs to start addressing the fact that when we have people and we're calling on people and saying that this person has a problem, do not send the police, send somebody that can restrain and help this person because we know that they're mentally going through something, even if they can't admit it, you know. This is a prime example why we need to refund the police because mm-hmm. it's not always about calling 911. In situations like that, you shouldn't have to call the police because they're, right. they're not trained to deal with a mental health case. You know, well, and some of the say. right, and some of the funding that the police get, they can actually start making a mental health right, yeah. a mental health uh, department where these people specifically go out and they can call not well not nine one one but nine one or one not eight one one or eight one one or some shit yeah, and they can call that number and they, these guys this directly go to the mental health care people. And they can find out what's going on, and then they can go out and try to, you know, deal with the situation. And you don't always have to call the police. See, pol- and see, this goes, man. This this is way deep, because see, a lot of the reasons why the police are stretched thin is because they're called for things that are out of their control, and that they're not trained on, and they're not specialized in how handling those situations. And then. All they know how to do is, if it escalates, shoot them. Right. You know, and and, and that's and that's that's the first issue before we even get into suicide. Right. That's the first issue that we need to address, and we need to say that we're not forgetting about this. We're not looking over it, but we are going directly to suicide because this is a, a major problem. This is something that we don't understand. Well, if you haven't been through it, you won't understand. If you have been through it, and the things that we're going to talk about. You're going to understand everything we're talking about. Right. It's just that simple. Right. It's under. It's easy for people to understand when they've been through this situation or going through this situation and people that don't and don't understand it. Because I've right. heard people make the comments, man, they're stupid as hell for uh trying to kill themselves or doing all that shit like that. You can't say that because you I don't. I love myself way too much to do something like that. Right. I love myself. That's a very selfish statement. Because you're only looking at yourself, but you don't know what that person has been through or what they're going through and why they're in the state they're in. And you can't say that you never been that you will never do something if you've never been in that situation. Right. Because you can catch yourself in that same shit and then you end up seeing that's the only way out of it. Yep. And the crazy part about it is, is the ones that actually commit suicide, that actually succeed in committing suicide, are usually the ones that sit there and say, I would never do that. Right. Because now you see yourself doing it, or seeing yourself in that position, or seeing yourself in that problem 
we're in that drama or that dramatic situation, now all of a sudden you don't know what to do because you never paid attention to it. Because when somebody else was going through it, you were sitting there talking about, oh man, they stupid, or oh man, you know they, you know they crazy for that, man. You know that, you know I wouldn't do it. I wouldn't did that, and now you see yourself there, and now you feel stupid. Right. You know what I mean? Right. So you you sit there now. You saying it's the only way out because now I gotta save face. I can't save face just by talking to people now because I done said all this crazy stuff and we so scared to face the issues. No, nope. this is what we this is what we retreat to. Now we also in the black community have to accept responsibility for that that same exact problem that we do not face the situations at hand because we teach our kids. And especially our men to suck it up. Don't don't you know you don't need to have no you know uh, you don't need to cry. You can't play with this dog because you're a boy. Uh, men don't do this. Men don't do that. You're not allowed to do this. You're not allowed to have a feeling about that. You're supposed to be rock hard, solid, and not have any kind of empathy or an emotional tie to something. At all times. Right. That is a problem in the black community. And the black community has to accept responsibility for that type of teaching because a lot of the suicides that we're facing in the in uh, our community now, it's because the people then are the reasons why they have these problems because they told them that and they feel like they have no other way of going to outlet. You can't even get I'm going to get a guy that uh, is going to talk about therapy, man, every single time I bring up therapy to a black community, uh, an average black man. Let me break it like that. Average. Uh, an average black man. And I bring up, he's talking about his issues with his baby mama or his mama or his living state, his job, and this and this and this, man. And I'm like, well, man, maybe you might need to go to therapy and try to get help figure some of that stuff out. Therapy? Black people don't go to therapy. I swear to God. 100% of the time I always hear that Yeah, that's facts And that's a problem Yes it is You know, because then it also You also, when you make that same statement You're also saying You're refusing help Yes And then you're but, mad Because you don't, no one will help you But you don't want to receive help You don't want that kind of help it, oh, Right, that kind of help, exactly I don't want to sit up but in the room with and, a man. and as somebody, now as somebody that also refuses therapy, I, I do refuse therapy, and it's not you know it's not on purpose. I think it is kind of like an in, ingrained type of thing to us that you don't you don't share your problems because you know like you know in the black community one of the, one of the most biggest the biggest staple that we have in our community where we all identify is when Big Mama tell us you don't never go outside until you don't tell inside business outside, right. You know what I mean? You don't tell what's going on inside the people outside. So you don't seek help outside of what you know. Now, let's 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 get into let's get into the situation of, of, of suicide, you know, before we start talking about all kinds of other stuff. Um, right, yeah. I'm just gonna I'm I'm gonna share my story. <laughs> okay. I'm gonna share my story and then I'm gonna share I'm gonna share the aftermath of it all. Um in two thousand in two thousand ten, December two thousand ten, my first wife jumped up took my kids from me, just left, didn't know, she just kind of did it out of the blue, kind of figured it out that, you know, she had made a plan to leave in, in the first place. She left when I was injured, she left when I, when I was I was out of work, I was disabled, 
I wasn't able to work. I wasn't able to walk correctly. There was a lot of things that was going on in my life at the time. I had lost a football contract you know, a couple of years before. It was a lot of stuff that happened. So when she took my kids, that was like the breaking point. That was the breaking point because my kids were my everything. So when she took my kids, now I'm just left with the dog and the cat. And I have no way to, to, to feed the dog and the cat because she took everything out of the bank account. She took the car. You know, she took everything. You know what I'm saying? Physically took everything. Not not legally, but physically took everything from her. So right. now I'm sitting I'm sitting in this empty house, not not hearing my kids calling my name, not seeing my kids every day. My dog is looking confused because she can't find none of them. <laughs> you know, right. the cat is running around in circles because she can't find none of them. Right. You know, so it, it, it's, it's a point of where I'm all alone and I'm upset and I feel very broken and I feel uh, unworthy of love and I feel unworthy to be here in life. I just felt like it was just over anyway. And I, I wanted to end it all. Right. So I, I, I thought out tying the noose and trying to hang myself in the closet. Right. Um, but by, by God's grace and God's will, the knot that I tied on top actually slipped and I hit the ground instead of being hung. Right. Uh, or hanged is the, the proper term, hanged. But I hit the ground. When I hit the ground, I, I had a revelation. <clears throat> you can even say God spoke to me and told me that everything that I was going through wasn't for me. Right. And this is what got me out of that thought of suicide. is to know that God said that everything that I was going through was not for me to go through. I went through it because I can handle it. Right. But it wasn't for me to understand it. It was for somebody else to see. That helped me. But... The thing is that now, you know, and, and I left it alone for years because, like, I, I'm not going to do it again. I, I, it's like, there's no point. If God if God's telling me this, there's no point for me to do this. But I'm starting to realize that my story still should have been told. It still should be told. I still, I, I, when I get an opportunity to talk to somebody that's going through it, I can identify with them right. of what's going on. And what people don't understand, and I want everybody that's listening to understand Anybody that's that's talking about suicide or having suicidal thoughts, you got to realize one thing about them that's universal in the whole matter. They feel like they're all alone, like there is nobody there for them, that like there is nobody that can help them. It's the, it's the realest feeling in the world when you're sitting there by yourself, and even though you got family members and you got friends and you got all these people that, that can talk to you. When you feel like all those people that's talking to you, they're still not on your side, that they're not right there for you, you feel an emotional detachment hole. Right. You feel like there is nothing there, and you will try it. So when you see somebody depressed and you see somebody looking like they feel by themselves, you have to address them and let them know that they're not alone, that everything that they're going through, you'll be there for them. Because if they feel like they're by themselves, they're going to attempt it. They're going to go. They're going to do it. Yep. You can't. It's not something that you can stop unless you're showing somebody that you're actually there for them. This is the. This was the intent. You know, God didn't. God didn't put us here by miraculous circumstance. He put us here in order for us to have somebody. 
You put us here in pairs. He put us here to be in a companionship with somebody that can take care of you spiritually, emotionally, and physically. Right. And you take care of them spiritually, emotionally, and physically. So that way you're never alone. So when we have these problems in the black community, one of the reasons that we have a large surge of it in the black community is because kids and adults alike are not feeling like they have some type of companionship. That they're feeling like they don't have somebody that's there for them. And so therefore, when they when when you're asking them what's wrong, they don't feel like you're you're really with them. So they're not going to tell you what's wrong. And, and then they'll attempt suicide because they feel like everybody around them is not for them or not with them. Right. And on that pin note, to even add to that, this also explains why there's so many gangs. The reason why yes. people are in gangs is because they're looking for that type of love and companionship out in the streets because they're not getting it at home. Exactly. You know? But go ahead. They don't know how, they don't know how to get it. Right. And that, you know, adding to it, they don't know how to get it because right. see, we're, not training our, we're not training our children to be husbands and wives no more. Right. We're not training our children to be teammates. And we're not training our children to be good friends. We're training our, our children to be individuals. Watch your back. Make sure that that person don't cross you. Make sure that this person don't cross you. You can't trust no woman outside this household. You know what? You can only trust your brothers, your sisters, and your parents. You can't trust nobody else. So when you start telling kids this type of stuff, what kind of adult are you making? So when, so when needless to say, when this person feels like mom died, dad died, my brother is in California, my other brother is in New York, my sister's down in Florida, my other sister's in Nebraska, I'm sitting here in Chicago by myself, and I'm going through all of this stuff by myself. And her boyfriend is right there on the couch. But you don't trust him because your mom and your dad taught you not to trust him. Yep. The person that's sitting there helping you feed your children, the person that's sitting there helping you put your clothes on when you're feeling like you can't do it yourself, the person that bathes you when you're feeling sick, the person that's making you soup, you can't trust that person. Right. Because your parents taught you you can't trust that person. And so that, therefore, when you're going through something yourself, you're going through it all by yourself because you won't allow him in. And that builds false uh, relationships between a man and a woman and they seek acceptance outward instead of inward. That's the exactly. reason why there's so many divorces and people not getting married or taking relationships serious. Exactly. You know, exactly. all of that plays in a hand in itself. Exactly. But you know, it's like, you know, the, the crazy, you know, it's something so crazy. Like, we we all been going through something over the last week. Man, you know, I had a friend, and I, I'm, yeah. not gonna, I'm not going to say his name, but right, right. I had a friend Tuesday that just took his life. He just took his own life Tuesday. I was very broken up about it. I was very upset about it. And the thing, if you're listening to this, understand that this wasn't an easy thing for him to do. He didn't just go off and hang himself, throw himself off a bridge, shoot himself. He set himself on fire. He committed suicide by burning himself up. This means he tortured himself before he died. So what was he going through mentally? That was so bad that he wanted to torture himself. And, and it's like, I, it's too late for me to ask him what was wrong. It's too late for me to go to him and say, bro, it's going to be okay. It's too late. Right. And everybody, that, and everybody that knows him is feeling this it's too late moment. Now everybody is so upset and depressed. But the people that were closer to him, 
should have been his confidants. It should have been the ones that knew what the hell was going on with him 100% of the time. Me and him were friends, yes, but we were not as close as, you know, my best friend. I talk to him every day. It's when I see him in the street, that's my guy. I grew up with him. I went to school with him. That's my guy. But I wasn't tracking him, so I didn't know what was going on. Now I'm just here in the aftermath. But you know what? In the same sense, we also got to... As people, we also have to take a moment to just reach out because we get so caught up in life and the way that things are going that you don't sit down long enough to just be like, man, let me just check and see how my guy doing, you know, or whatever. We have to set those moments. Those are the my grandfather always told me. He said, when there's a lot of stuff going on, man, around you, he said, sit still. He said, because. There's too much going on. He said, and you, the one thing you're not paying attention to is the one thing that's going to get away from you. So sit yep. still and just be just be still. Just so you can gather your thoughts. And if you need to reach out to somebody because you don't know, you know. And I feel like in the same sense, that's the devil's playground. He puts so much yeah. stuff going on, man. We, yeah, we can give you this to do. You this to do. You know, and you got so much going on. You're going 100 miles running times getting away from you these months are flying by fast and then then you get a phone call from a dude like damn i was just talking to him and you know and you completely forget to reach out for your boy or whatever yeah it gets it gets completely away from you, mm-hmm. you know what i mean it's just it's so quick it happens so fast somebody can be here one minute and get away from you and they're gone the next because you know because it's like how do you how do you know that something something is wrong with somebody? How do you know? You can't. You know, everybody don't have a sixth sense. But like I said, it goes back to how we were being taught. We're being taught in the households not to trust. You're being taught in the household not to. You know, your friends are just friends. You don't trust them as much as you trust your you know your brother right. or your sister. You don't trust them as much as that. You 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 gotta keep your friends at arm's distance. It, it's the new age of teaching your children. To be disrespectful is by trying to tell them that the only people that they can respect is the people in the household. Right. So when so when you got now 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 here's the flip side to all of this. So you tell kids this this stuff right here, and then personally you say, well, you know, you're supposed to trust everybody that's in the household. You can't trust anybody else. And then you get somebody like the the strange uncle that molests this this molests this kid. Now this kid don't trust nobody in the house. Right. Now that kid has nobody to trust. Now that kid has nobody to talk to, nobody to defend them, nobody to protect them. And that's how they feel. And this is what causes suicide. This mm-hmm. is what causes it. Yep. You know, my, my little cousin, when she when, when, when she committed suicide, uh, was this seven years, like seven years ago, you know, she was going through stuff, but she only lived five blocks from me. She only lived, you know, not even a mile, a quarter of a mile away from me. Right. And she's my little cousin. This is like my, it's like my, my, my little baby cousin. Right. You know, same age as my daughter. You know, and she and she's right down the street. But she couldn't come to my house and tell me, you know what, Troy, I, I, you know, I got a problem. I need to sit down and talk to you because maybe you can understand or maybe you can come up to the school and help me out. She was being bullied. She was being bullied, but then couldn't come, come home to tell her mom, my cousin. Couldn't come home and tell her to say, hey, look. They bullying me. I need help. She couldn't say it. So what did she do? She hanged and she hung herself. Right. 
You know, and it's like at 15 years old, you got kids taking themselves out. We had another case like a year after that, a little girl named Vanessa that's close to, you know, my girlfriend. You know, she was real close to my girlfriend, almost like a little sister to her. Right. We seen her two weeks before she hung herself. She had no idea this little girl was pregnant. The baby daddy was, was telling her, I don't want the baby. I don't want you. It put her in a situation of being lonely. And she gave her, she sent her sister a text message and told her not to come in the backyard because she hung herself in the tree in the backyard. Wow. So when we talk, when we talk about suicide, this thing, this thing is not so far away from everybody that you don't know, you don't know a particular case. Everybody that's listening to this and everybody that will listen to this will know somebody that committed suicide that just didn't make sense to them. It's like you had your whole life in front of you. Why would you do that? That's the wrong way to approach it. Right. That's the uh-huh. wrong way to approach it. You can only approach it from the from the sympathy of I should have done more. But you can't beat yourself up over it if you were not in the vicinity to do more. Right. But that's what if you can't say that you you would never do that. You can't say that you don't understand it. You're not in that situation. You don't understand. But you can't tell somebody that they're crazy for attempting or trying or feeling like they're, 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 that's all they can do. Yep. It's a sad thing. You know what? I'm going to have to check out early. Ladies and gentlemen, I'm going to check out early. I'm going to let Barry finish up this podcast. All right, my I man. I appreciate you know, the attention for a minute, but got to go. Yeah, I got you, my guy. All right. All right. All right. So, you know... What he was saying is 100% true. And I think some people may not understand the concept of empathy because they wasn't taught empathy. You know, you would think that it's just a, a feeling that you should automatically have. You know, but when you're young... It's like you're taught, you're taught to not have it. So when things like this happen, other people don't have the empathy to show the person that's going through it. And then that person that's going through it only sees only one option to go, only one option, and that's to take their life because they don't see nothing more than that, you know, or another way out of that. Because most people that they try to confide in have a closed mind to, oh, there's nothing wrong with you, or they just brush it off. Brushing stuff off is the reason why we're, so many people are in this state. Because we're not being open. We're not having the conversations at home with our kids. We're not teaching our kids. Like, when you're going through things, it's okay to come and talk to me. And you have to also be the parent to understand that you can't always get mad about something that they are expressing themselves about. Because I've seen that too, where people come and they try to talk to, uh, man, I got, I got people in my family that they can't even come and talk to such and such and such and such because they know, man, I already know how this is going to go. So I don't even want, I just ain't got no time to even want to hear all of that. Because it's going to be a lecture, this and this and this. And they're not going to understand my side of the point. My understand, understand my point. You know? 
And sometimes all you got to do is shut up and listen. That's the biggest thing that you can do is just shut up and listen. Being there is the biggest thing you could ever do for somebody. You know, just shut up, listen, and let them talk. If you don't understand, that's okay. It's probably best that you don't understand. So you don't say something that'll push them further over the edge. You know? So sometimes just shut up, let them talk, and let them get it out. Just be there for that person if they're going through. Take time to just reach out to people that you haven't heard from in a while because you don't know what they may be going through. Um, I had a, a last, was it last week? Uh, somebody that uh, I used to work with um, I found out that this person tried to commit suicide, you know, and the person was, you know, um, hit me up and told me about the whole situation and everything like that. And I was like, man, I didn't, at first I didn't know what to say besides I'm sorry. And he was like, no, nah, it's good and whatever. But he doesn't even live where we are at anymore. He's completely in a different area. But he called me and whatever to talk about it. And I'm glad that, you know, and I just listened. And he told me everything that happened, what he was going through at the time, and how his family was saying he was stupid for doing this and doing that. And it just pissed me off. Because I was like, you know, how can they say that? He said, man... The, he said, when I was going through, he said, man, something told me to call you. He said, because you seem like the only person that just would just listen sometimes. He said, man, sometimes I just want someone to listen, you know? And shoot, I'm like, man, I get it. And whatever. I, matter of fact, I, me and Motown just was arguing this morning about how sometimes I told him, you need to shut up and just listen. Because <laughs> he talked too much. And <laughs> he... He was, me and him were going back and forth, but it was nothing serious. We were just going back and forth because, you know, Mark Motown always has something to say. And certain times when he shouldn't have nothing to say. Sometimes people just need to vent. And it's okay to do that. Because some, like, my wife is like, man, my wife is going to vent 100%. And I just let her vent. And it sounds, and then my wife's like loud. So it sounds like she's always going off and whatever. Everybody like, man, she be always going off on you. This and this, this. I'm like, really? No, she don't. She just, she just talk loud and she like to vent, and she be going off. And when she go off, it sound like she going off on me. And I'm, but I'm just listening to her, get it off her chest, and her feel comfortable about, you know, getting it off her chest. And some of the conversations that me and her engage in, she couldn't have these conversations with anyone else because they're not open-minded enough to understand where she might be coming from at this point in that time. So suicide plays a big part in the black community because the black community has to accept responsibility for not being open-minded, not sharing, not um, teaching our kids empathy and just um, letting them be all right with just being all right. You don't have to put on all the time. You don't always have to show out. You don't always have to do this for any and everybody and likes and all of that stuff. Man, no. 
just be a decent human being. And I understand that isn't that's not even easy to do. Just being a decent human being isn't easy to do. That is a problem. And I'm I don't mean to beat up on people for not understanding and not knowing not knowing because a lot of people may a lot of people may have taught their kids these teachings in that way because they was taught that way you know and that that may be and that is a lot of the case you know a lot of the cases are where well my mama taught me to do you know and so I'm just repeating what I was taught you know and um that's just a good book to read to help you understand that sometimes you have to break out of what you know so you can have a new way of thinking so you can help your kids and your family understand different outlooks and different paths to take because you never know. You could have one person in your family that might commit suicide. Or a friend of the friend that might commit suicide. You know? And a lot of that all plays in one big circle. So, I mean, we're, I just pray for everyone to just sit back and think about what we're saying today. And seek help if you need it. Talk to a therapist. It's okay to get help. It's not it's not good to keep it bottled up. And if you, and I, and trust me, the biggest thing in the world in the black community is trusting people to not tell your business. I get it. 100%. You can't even talk to a preacher without him preaching about it on Sunday or telling the deacons that go back and tell their wives and the wives stool pigeons so they get the So I get it. I understand how this is played out. You know, it's all about finding that comfortable, that uh, that comfortability for who you want to talk with. Man, look, it's always best to get a biased opinion from somebody you don't even know, because a lot a lot of the times people listen to people that they don't know because they feel like the people that do try to give them advice have a biased opinion to the advice they're given. And so they don't take it. And sometimes therapy, they say it may be a little expensive. Right. Man, there are different types of outlets. Write it down. Man, I used to talk out loud to myself. Like I would go to the swings and I would just pray out loud just to get it out. You know, when I was going through my county blues back in the day and I was just really depressed and really down when my grandma passed, nobody even knew the things that I was going through. But I couldn't talk to nobody because nobody, everybody felt like, man, we'll be all right. Just suck it up, man. It, it, you know, um, there's just nothing we can do about it. My grandpa was going through his thing. He had a lot on his plate. My mama just, you know, just a lot of different things. Nobody took the time to just sit down and see if somebody was doing all right. See if I was doing all right. See if my brother was doing all right. You know, everybody was so hell bent on taking care of themselves 
that they completely forget about other people, you know? And sometimes I get it. You got to be selfish because nobody else is going to take care of you better than you. But you also have to be aware of helping someone else too that might not have that same, uh, that may not have that same type of love for some, or that same type of love, yeah, from someone else or, you know, and they're just there by themselves. So, I just want everyone to, today, take a minute, think about somebody that they haven't reached out to in a long time, and just send them a message, call them, and ask them, how are you doing? Is everything okay? You know, don't, if they ask, no, everything's good. I mean, why? I've just wanted to reach out to see if you were okay. That's it. You know, it ain't got to be nothing more than that. Because you never know what somebody's going through. And that person that is going through is not going to tell you that they're going through unless someone asks. You know? And that asked, and you you would be surprised. You asking that person maybe what they needed to hear at that time and in that moment, and you could probably change someone's completely change their perspective on something that they were going through and was about to do, all because you sent the message or you picked up the phone and called them. So that's basically all that we have time for today. I appreciate everybody listening in. And I do appreciate the love and I want people to really do this and, you know, take time out for someone else. You guys like what we got going on today and what we said? Thanks. If you didn't like it, I get it. And thanks anyway. This is the Unpacking Podcast and today we've unpacked.